Hello and welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. Guys, it's March. Is anyone else so excited that it's March? We are in the final stretch, like so close to the end of the school year, which fills me with so much more inspiration and motivation for school things than I feel the rest of the year because I feel like this is my last chance to do things with my students. But before I really feel like I can settle into that home stretch, I've got to get through spring break first. Well, actually, to clarify that a little bit further, I have to get to spring break, then I have to enjoy my spring break, and then I can start my single-digit countdown of weeks for the last nine weeks of the school year, which feels crazy to say. So spring break is coming. This is my last full week. If you're listening to this, I'm recording this on a Sunday. This following Monday, tomorrow, starts my last full week before spring break begins, and I am so ready. But before I go on spring break, there are some things that I want to make sure get done in my classroom so that I know I can leave and really walk away for the week and not think about school at all. It's my, it's always my number one goal whenever there is a significant break on the horizon. So today, I want to share with you the things that I plan to do this week in preparation for a full week off of school. It is my pre-spring break to-do list. Let's get started. spring break. The two sweetest words to any teacher. I truly, I love all of the breaks. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love a fall break or a winter break or a midwinter break or an Easter break or whatever kinds of breaks you get where you teach? But spring break to me signifies the beginning of the end, which makes it extra sweet. On top of that, here in Nashville, things are really starting to warm up. The sunshine has been out more consistently. We have had a stretch of 70 to 80 degree days, which has been weird. My understanding of it is in the north, y'all are getting pounded with snow right now here in the States and ice. And I mean, my family in Michigan got an ice storm so bad that they lost power for like six consecutive days. Um, So I know that the weather has been crazy and it's been a really extreme winter in parts of the country, but I guess that has trapped this like low pressure system in the southern states, which has given us an abnormally warm winter. We haven't had a single real flake of snow this entire winter, which has been kind of a bummer because everybody loves a snow day, but we made it. We made it through February and January with zero snow days. And now we're looking at March and it's sunny and 75 today and I am here for it. I can forgive a winter of absolutely no snow days if spring comes early and it stays. Now, whether or not it will stay, I do not know. We're we're hearing rumors that this system in the north is going to break apart and then all of this warm air that's been trapped down here is going to move and it's supposed to be like in the 20s next week at the beginning of our spring break. But you know what? Right now, it's 75 and sunny and I'm going to live in a spring state of mind, which inspires me to think about the things I want to get done at school this week to get ready for a full week off for spring break. 
Because even if I'm stuck inside on a rainy or cold spring break, I do not want to think about school things. I want to enjoy my children, my family. I want to be able to read a book guilt-free. I want to be able to take my kids to the zoo guilt-free. If we have a sunny enough day, go to the park, go to the library. Just do fun things that we typically do not get to do around here because mom and dad are always teaching. And I want to be able to do that without having that, you know, that feeling in the back of your mind where your to-do list is just hovering and you're thinking, oh, I really should get caught up on my grades for report cards because those go out next week. Or I really should plan my small groups for when we return. I don't want to do any of that. I want it to be done before I leave on Friday afternoon. So today is Sunday. I have until Friday to get this to-do list done. The to-do list is written now. So now I'm going to be thinking throughout the week of every single time I have a planning period what I can check off of my list. What can I go ahead and cross off and make sure that we got it done? So here we go. Thing one on my pre-spring break to-do list is to get my small groups planned for the week in both reading and math. In reading, this is a little bit more robust of a process where in math, it's really more that I'm trying to plan the materials I'm going to have on deck. Um, and be able to just grab and go throughout the week with the lessons that I want to do. So for the week after spring break, I highly recommend in small groups, if you don't have a prescribed curriculum, I recommend something that is going to kind of lean in to your students' interests and get them excited. So if your spring break falls you know, around the time of St. Patrick's Day. Our spring break will be over a couple of days after St. Patrick's Day. Um, So when we return, I will do a mix of passages that are themed around St. Patrick's Day, since we won't really get to talk about that or celebrate it at all before we leave. Women's History Month, because that's what we are doing in social studies, so I can kind of double dip, and basketball. I have a great set of reading passages in my TPT store themed around kind of biographies about famous basketball players. I've got Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and my boys who are into March Madness this time of year get really, really into that. And then I have a lot of girls this year in my class that are on basketball teams and just wrapped up their finals. Um, and their seasons are all done. And so I know that they also will be intrigued by these passages. So I'm going to pull kind of a mix of those. In those passage sets, I also have comprehension questions, both multiple choice and short answer. I have graphic organizers. I have a suggested lesson plan to follow where you could use one set of passages to teach for a whole week, or one passage, I should say, to teach a whole week of small group lessons. Um, So I have everything in those packs that you need to kind of create a well-rounded plan. And that's really what I plan to do. I plan to print a bunch of those, make sure I have the lesson plans handy so I know which lessons I'm going to teach on which which days, um, and just put them in my small group cart behind my teacher table in plastic sleeves to make sure that when that day arrives, I can just pull out that passage set and we can get started. In math, it's a little bit different. So I take the overarching theme that we're working on. So when we get back from spring break, we will be in a chapter on data collection and reading graphs. Um, And so I will plan a series of lessons that hit that skill from a variety of angles. So I I tend to follow a routine. I tend to have a day where we're going to work hands-on with manipulatives 
Um, and it's actually like manipulative Monday. It's usually the first day of the week where we're going to do a very hands-on concrete lesson where the kids are going to maybe like stack sticky notes of different colors with each kid's name as we create a bar graph on a big chart or, um, use unifix cubes to actually stack into bars with a set of data that I give them or whatever. It'll be something very hands-on and concrete. Then we'll do a task card activity on Tuesday, so task card Tuesday. We'll do word problem Wednesday where we read a word problem and we analyze it. It'll be linked to the skill. That word problem Wednesday for that week after spring break will be something that's very addition and subtraction focused when it comes to reading a graph and being able to compare the sets of data in one graph to each other. So how many more of this category is there than this category? Or how many are these three categories added up together? How many people voted for those three things? Whatever the data set is that I choose to pull. Um, and then Thursday will be some sort of fluency drill with those with that skill. So reading a series of graphs quickly, pulling data from it. And then on Friday, we'll just kind of do like a hodgepodge review for the week if we even have time for small groups because Friday tends to be a day where our math block is a little bit abbreviated because we do a fun Friday activity and work in things like show and tell and all of that fun stuff. So Monday through Thursday, I tend to follow the same routine in my math small group so that they are practicing that skill in a variety of different ways. But I don't necessarily have to plan a whole lot. Like even Word Problem Wednesday is usually I have the math book out and I'll take a word problem from our curriculum and I'll change the data set or I'll change the numbers. Or I go into, um, this is going to be a plug for somebody else's stuff. I go into Amy Lemon's Magic of Math sets for second grade. And for every different lesson that she has in there, she has some great word problems. So sometimes I give the kids word problems that they cut and they put in their math journals and we circle the pertinent info and solve the problem that way. But anyways, I'll make sure that I go through the curriculum and any supplemental materials I may want to use and I'll pull the things that we use for math small groups. But it will literally be as simple as I jot down on a large sticky note what we're going to do each day and stick it to the front of a plastic sleeve and put all the materials in it and put it in my small group card. I don't have to turn in those small group plans to anybody at my school. I just need to know generally what we're going to do each day. So for math, it's a little bit less concrete. The next thing on my to-do list after I've, what I'm going to do at my small group table planned out is I map out all my centers. What are my kids going to be doing around the room? So in reading, I have five main center categories that the kids go to throughout the week. They don't go to each one every day. They have a schedule. Each kid has their own individualized schedule in their folder of which ones they do on each day. But the centers are read to self, listen to reading, writing, fluency, and word work. So for read to self, it's the same for the entire school year. The kids have these differentiated cards. They read a picture book or a chapter of a chapter book to themselves at their seats, and then they pull a differentiated reading response prompt and journal about it. I collect these notebooks. I grade them once a week. I pick one prompt a week. They don't know which one I'm going to grade, so it's up to them to do their best each time because they never know which one I'm going to flip to and stick a grade on it. Um, and then it those cards stay out all year. There's enough cards that by like – if they pull a card they've already done before, they can just go back in and pull a different one. Or even if they pull the same prompt that they've done before, it should be on a different book. So this is a center that I literally never change. My goal is 
pulling text evidence, writing in complete sentences, and reading comprehension with this center. And it makes sense to just leave it the same all year and let the kids look back through their reading journal and see how much their reading has grown. For listen to reading, we have Epic and Raz Kids subscriptions at my school. So the kids listen to texts on either of those. And then they can either, if they're on Raz Kids, they have quizzes they can take, sometimes on Epic too, but not really. Um, or they complete a graphic organizer of their choice of a skill that they saw in that book, like compare and contrast, cause and effect, main idea, something like that from a collection of graphic organizers that I have out in the classroom. Work on writing. I have two options. One of them is a month-long writing journal that I put out every single month. I'll link to those in the show notes. Um, And then I also have a second writing drawer that has an alternate writing option that changes almost every week. Some of them stay out for two weeks at a time. Fluency, I have a variety of fluency centers. I swap out every single week. So I'll pull some new ones of those. And then word work, I have the same word work pack that I use. The kids get new spelling lists every single week and they use their spelling words in their word work center. Um, And so I'll just pull some new copies of word work centers from that master's pack that I printed already at the beginning of the year. I just go through and pull four new ones every single week. They will cycle through and they'll see the same ones throughout the year that they've seen in weeks past, but they're using the same center activity with different words. So it feels fresh. Uh, This is a little plug. Did you know that every single month I send out suggested small group plans and center materials for the month? Um, And it's basically when I'm making my plan for the month of what centers I'm going to use each week, I write it all out. I put it in a pretty PDF and then I email it out to my email list. So if you want the center schedule that I follow with exactly what my kids are going to be doing in my room and it will help you go ahead and pre-plan your center activities in your classroom, you can go to the link to the landing page in these show notes and sign up and get your free monthly planning guide. I'll send a new one out every single month. All right, so after the centers and the small groups, because that's such a big bulk of what I need to plan, and notice, notice, I didn't add regular whole group core content lesson plans to this list because where I teach, we are under such uh, uh, an iron grip with the curriculum. There's literally nothing for me to plan. I mean, like I need to preview the lessons a little bit and have an idea of what texts I'm supposed to read and all of that. But we use a phonics curriculum for one part of our literacy block and a quote unquote knowledge curriculum in another part of my block, which is like a literacy and writing curriculum. And we cannot stray from that even a tiny bit. So when it comes to lesson planning on my team, we're really sharing more ideas for small groups, for center time, for science and social studies, how we're going to integrate that into what we're doing. We are not sharing what are y'all going to teach on Tuesday in your whole group time because on our lesson plans, it literally says like chapter five, lesson 12. And then on Tuesday, it says chapter five, lesson 13. Like we do not have to discuss it. Other than maybe looking ahead a little bit and going, oh, it's this book. Does everybody have a copy of that book? Like it's, it, that's really the extent of it. So when it comes to whole group planning, we have team planning every Wednesday. We'll sit down and we'll review what we're all supposed to be teaching the next week, but there's not a lot of discussion there. So for you, 
part of your pre-spring break to-do list might be to write out your full lesson plans. It really, it's different for everybody. For me, I don't have to. I have lesson plans that they need to be formally written out, but for us, it's as simple as just copying and pasting the name of the lesson and the main skills that we're going to be teaching in that lesson. That's all our principal really wants to know is which lesson are you on on which day. Um, we don't have to type out a lot of justification. We don't have to type out a lot of rationale for why we're doing what we're doing because we have been told not to do anything but these lessons. So it makes it nice and simple for us, albeit a little boring sometimes. But that is why you might notably notice lesson planning for like the whole week off of my to-do list because it's honestly already done. We'll just review it and it's done for like several weeks out because there's not a whole lot to discuss. All right. So next on my to-do list, before we leave on Friday, we will do a classroom reset. I love to come in for a new quarter of the school year with a clean classroom. I want desks cleaned out. I want folders emptied out, things recycled, old papers that never got finished that aren't going to be graded anyways. I don't want them shoved in your ketchup folder anymore. I want everything out. I want old workbooks from this part of the curriculum that we're finishing up. I want them taken home. I want new workbooks in your desks. I want everything clean. Tables, desks, Clorox wiped, doorknobs sanitized. Um, I want a whole new crop of pencils sharpened. I want whiteboards on the walls and in your desk to be cleaned off and not smudgy or with stuff written on them. I'll go in and I'll write the new date for the week that we return after we've cleaned the boards. I just want to reset. I want new supplies out. I want fresh pencils, fresh dry erase markers, everything to feel fresh and clean when we return the next week. So we will block off a chunk of time on Friday for that before we leave. And then the next thing on my to-do list will be to enter all of my grades. So our grading period ends that Friday before spring break. And then the report cards will go out the Friday after we return. So I will technically have that whole first week after spring break to finish up grades, um, get report card comments entered, all of that. But I'd rather be done with it and not have to think about it when I return. And I am close already. I've kind of stayed on top of my grades pretty well this quarter. So I will be trying to get all of those entered. Every single time I have a planning time, I am going to be choosing either center prep, small group prep, or entering grades. Those will be my three main focuses during planning time. And I have, I think, planning every day this week but one day. So that should be good. And then finally on my to-do list, I will be scheduling my weekly newsletter for that Friday, we send out weekly newsletters every Friday morning, so I will make sure that my weekly newsletter is scheduled for that week before spring break, and it'll basically just be some upcoming important dates, a have a great spring break email, and then a list of what we're going to be teaching when we come back, since it will be a new quarter and we will be starting all new chapters across the board. Um, so I'll just have like a little blurb for the parents about what we're going to be studying for the last quarter of the year, have a great spring break. Here's some important dates coming up. Boom. But then I will also go in and I will schedule an email that will go out Sunday before we return. So after spring break is over, that night before we come back with just some friendly reminders like, hey, hope everybody had a spring break. Great spring break. Here are some last quarter reminders. Um, and it will be some of the usual stuff that I've done every quarter, like don't forget a water bottle and a healthy snack every day. 
Um, we will go outside every day that it's not raining. If we have some days that are still chilly because the weather fluctuates really bad here, be sure you pack a jacket. Just some stuff like that. Closed-toed shoes on PE days, rubber-soled shoes, blah, blah, blah. I will also, for this quarter, be adding some reminders about make sure that go ahead and start making sure that all lost library books have been found and turned in, that cafeteria um, overdraft charges have been settled so that that last week of the school year, it's not a frenzy to kind of get parents all caught up on those things. I'm going to go ahead and just start plugging those reminders now because why not? We're going in the last nine weeks of the year. And we all know that the last nine weeks is sneaky slow while also catapulting forward. I'm not sure how it happens. I think there's something about it's only nine weeks if you do things in quarters like we do and not trimesters. It's only nine weeks. So when you come back from spring break, every week that goes by, you're getting closer and closer and closer to zero weeks. But then also, there are absolutely no breaks. I mean, we have we have Good Friday off, and that's it. From the day that we come back from spring break until the last day of the year, we will have no other days off. So that is going to make it feel really long. Plus, there's testing, um, and then there's that terrible stretch of time after testing is over where there's no more curriculum, testing's done, there are no more real grades, and you're just left with the kids for like three weeks to figure out what to do with them, which is my least favorite time of the year. Let me just, it's fun, but it's so draining and there's so much less structure than normal. So I'm already brainstorming how I'm going to create structure in those chaotic final weeks of the year. And I'll be sharing ideas as I come up with them. But for right now, we're looking at the countdown to testing. So we're going to be in that mad dash when we come back from like trying to learn all of the things that we haven't learned yet and master the stuff that we still didn't master from previous weeks of the year. Should be fun. We'll all be in the same boat, right? But as a recap, my spring break to-do list before I leave this coming Friday is get my small groups planned for both reading and math, get my center materials laid out for both reading and math, um, do a classroom reset where everything gets sanitized and emptied out and dusted before we leave on Friday. Um, I will enter all of my grades so that I make sure that report card prep is done before I leave. And I'm going to schedule my weekly newsletter for the week of that I'm currently teaching, but then also do a last quarter reminders email for the week that we come back and go ahead and have both of those pieces of parent communication checked off my list. If I can manage to get all five of those things done, I will be able to go into spring break feeling really, really good about taking a full week off and not thinking about school because there will be no grades to enter. There will be no planning to do. There will be no emails to send. It should be a nice and breezy time. So with all of that being said, I hope that you guys can do a little working ahead this week or next whenever your spring break might be coming and get your pl yourself get yourself to a place where you don't have to stress about school during your week off. And I hope you guys are having a great start to March so far and I will talk to you next time.